Hey, listen, welcome to episode 100 of the Hey, Listen Games cast. We are very excited to bring you this very special century episode of our little gaming podcast. Thank you so much to all the listeners who've uh, been listening to the show. I mean, it's kind of crazy. We've gotten this far, but as always, my name is Jeffrey Morris. With me here today is Nathan Wagner. He's giving himself beautiful, a round of applause. Beautiful, beautiful. 100 episodes. <laughs> I'm somehow still alive. Of course, <laughs> our other co-host, Rob Douglas. You know, I think when we started this show, we pretty much believed that we would only do this for like 10 episodes, and then we would all be <laughs> like, ah, this is boring. No, yeah, we've stuck here to we it. Here we are. We've, we've gotten weekly episodes for about two years now, which is uh, pretty awesome. So we're, we're all really proud of that. And hopefully you, the listener, has been have been enjoying the show as well. So um, we have an awesome episode for you guys today. We're going to be sharing a little bit about some of our favorite episodes we've ever done. Looking back on, you know, our favorite of our 100 episodes. Um, we have some fun giveaways, announcements. And then we're going to be hitting you with our top 30 games of all time. So we've been counting down our top 100. And finally, we're here. Episode 100 going to give you our top 30 games of all time. And it will be great. So um, first things first, um, what was some of your guys' favorite episodes that we've ever done? Like, I know a lot of listeners maybe haven't been there since the very beginning. Like, what are some episodes that you guys would recommend to people? Like, hey, this was an awesome episode. You should go back and check out if you don't remember. What do you think? So I think... Probably all of us can agree. Some of our favorite, one of our favorite episodes just was the Gamies, both yeah. of the Gamies <laughs> awards that we did. And Gamies kind of a tale on that, uh, or a trick on that Grammys or that type thing. But it's our end of the year game award show. And we did a 2016 and a 2017 one. And the thing that was cool about these episodes, which I think you were about to say, Rob, is we actually filmed these ones live, all three in person around a table. And so like the conversation and just energy is really, really great in those episodes. And it's just kind of fun. Even just looking back, like what was our favorite games in 2016? You know, so. And I bet our sound quality is a lot better on those episodes than most of the rest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We don't have to go through Skype like we do sometimes, so. Fun fact for you, a little teaser, if you will. Ooh. Both of our gamies winners are in our top 30 games oh, of they are. all time. So if you remember what those are, uh, you have a little sneak peek. Yep. <laughs> but uh, one episode that I really liked was episode 63. Um, was, it was the history of fighting games. And um, I've kind of you know led a discussion on history of different developers and games and genres and this one i really liked because i actually learned a ton doing this episode like i thought i knew a lot about fighting games but i did a bunch of research and read some books and did articles and stuff and just kind of really gave you know a detailed list of hey what fighting games introduced what to the genre and uh it was really interesting to kind of look back at all those different things so a lot really am proud of kind of those history episodes that we did but i think the fighting game one was probably my favorite so that was episode 63. And uh, Gamies, if you're wondering, is episode 70 and episode 28, if you're yes. wanting to go back to those ones. Uh, one of my favorite ones now is our episode 34, our Wii U memorial service episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened to this show at all in the last year and a half, you know we're all about the Switch. We love the Switch. We've done a bunch of Switch Nindy reviews for you guys and just had a lot of fun talking about it and making Rob jealous. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
so episode 34, we held a memorial service to put the Wii U out to pasture. Yeah. It was like the month before the Switch exactly. came out Exactly. And now, like, almost all the games we probably talked about on that episode are probably on the Switch now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so. They've been ported over and stuff. But yeah, that was fun. We, we laid the Wii U to rest in that episode. Um, uh, we also had a – we've had a lot of guest stars on this on our show. And yeah. uh, just friends that we know, people that we know, I, I've really enjoyed. Uh, we had Sir Mr. Fields on it for Mass Effect. That was yeah. a little, really fun one. But I think probably all of our favorite ones was episode 49, Dan Fornance, or Fornance. Fornance, yeah. That, Fornance. The rivals of Aether Creator. Um, you, he's kind of a friend of mine who I, who I know through a mutual friend. And uh, it was really cool getting him on here because we just got to talk a lot about, like, his developer background and what it's like to develop your own game. And um, that was just really cool insight from a real developer. So that, that was and it's kind of, it's kind of crazy that we're able to get someone that yeah is actually a developer who has a game on the steam library. Yeah. Just, and on the Xbox, know, like a guy yeah. that we know coming to switch uh, in the next year. So very cool. Yeah. We've had a lot of good guests. Uh, also got to give a shout out to Anthony uh, hosting our channel here for 100 episodes. So thank you a lot, Anthony. None of this would have been possible without you. And, and uh, we, we always love having you on the show out. as well. We got to give a shout out to him on the show, 20 Questions. Yes. No, yeah. Every time he's on, he brings an awesome game that we try to guess with 20 questions. And that's always a ton of fun as well. I know the listeners like that because they can play along at home. But, um, anyways, moving on, definitely check out those episodes. Um, we have a winner for our Destiny 2 PS4 <clears throat> giveaway. We ran a contest on Gleam. Uh, we posted those links all over our Twitter. And you didn't need to have a Twitter to enter, uh, but you could enter lots of different ways. And our winner is Richard Brighoff. So uh, he, he went through his Facebook entry, and uh, we will be shipping that game out to you this week, Richard. So we're going to contact you uh, tomorrow and get like your contact information and everything so we can get that game out to you. So congratulations. Um, hopefully we can, uh, get some, get some games in with you. I don't want to see a video on the internet of you breaking the destiny Two disc <laughs> in half. I don't want like the first guy who ever bought the PS3 or the Wii yeah. just smashing it as hard as they could. Don't so. go viral. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And if you do, please give us credit. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so we also have some other fun giveaways. We are going to be giving away dark souls three. Um, this next week, we will do a similar context run through Gleam. It'll be posted on our Twitter. You don't need to have a Twitter to enter. You just got to look up the link on our Twitter page, which of course is at HeyListen underscore games. Dark Souls 3 is our main prize as well as giving out Tacoma, Mini Metro, and Cube. These are all Steam copies of this game. So enter that um, starting tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, the 27th, if you would like to win one of those games. And then we're also, I have a little surprise. If you are listening to this episode Right now, and it's maybe Wednesday, you're one of the first listeners, um, you might get a free game right now because we are going to be giving away Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition live on the air right now. Rob, if you would do the honors and just read out those digits, and whoever's got the quickest fingers at home can type these in if you do not already own the game and uh, enjoy this free copy on us. And just a quick clarification, we also have Guacamelee Gold Edition given away in our Gleam, so there are five games giving away. Oh, so yes. here's the code. Perfect. I missed here's that the one. code. Seven zero E R nine F H seven G five zero E P C N. 
Da, 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 da. Those are also my the numbers of my social security code if you want to steal my credit card information. Have fun. Uh, so let us know if you're the lucky one who was able to redeem that uh, guy first and got that free game on Steam. We'd love to uh, know who you are, and uh, we'll retweet you on Twitter. So um, good luck to you. And moving ahead into our main segment for today's show, the top 30 games of all time. Now, I feel like before. we need like a little little song to play. Like Nathan will provide the music for us. Yeah, great. Just a reminder: there are no remasters or collections on this on this list. And you know, we realized as we went through our top 100, there's probably a couple games that we really like that could have made on this list as well. So it's not a perfect list. This is just our opinion, our top 30 games. We had a lot of fun discussing and kind of debating with each other the placement of these games, and so. Um, we're pretty proud of these games, and we think that you know these are 30 games that you definitely need to try if you haven't played them yet. So uh, let's kick things off uh, first with number 30, which, of course, is Portal. This is the original Portal game, and what made Portal so amazing was it was really the first 3D puzzle game that had this mind-bending concept, like being able to shoot a portal onto any two surfaces, no matter what direction, where it was, and walk through and chain yourselves with gravity jumps going straight up and down and just the cleverness of these puzzles was so incredible at the time and there's not there's still nothing that's really like the original portal experience it's true and i mean what i really loved about this game was i actually sat down and beat this in about two afternoons yeah yeah it's, it's, it's just not super so long. much fun i was so engrossed there's not really a story there kind of is glados is a great villain but just the gameplay itself is super challenging, but it's really rewarding. Yeah, and it's and it's so fun because you can the, really experiment and find different ways. So to I've solve never the played rooms. this game, so I guess I should play it. Yes, <laughs> but do the puzzles kind of build on themselves? Like you kind of yes, totally, learn, totally. see one solution, then you're like, oh, this could work in a different solution. Or yeah, exactly. Like yeah. yeah, if you if you jumped right in on like the later levels, you wouldn't be able to beat it. Like you have to kind of learn different methods and tricks and ways to use your portals effectively and. Sweet. Yeah, really good game. Also, really fun uh, to speed run and stuff. Like, there's a lot of uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of ways you can get through those levels quickly. Um, moving on, game number twenty nine, Age of Empires two. So I have, you know, this is definitely <laughs> my all time one of my favorite games, hands down. And yeah, you still play if, this game. If, like if, you're, if you're a fan all the of the show, you realize that I have all the downloaded content for this that they've released even back into the last few years, mostly because this game is one of the games that i can play mindlessly (laughs) yeah i can sit down i don't have to i can play for as long as i want get off i can just play it for a short amount of time i can play for a long amount of time and it's simple it's easy no matter when you pick it up you can always play it no matter what how long it's been since you last played it no matter how long you're playing it you always feel like accomplished like whether it's a small skirmish or part of a larger campaign yeah exactly it's always really fun or and if it's you really suck, cool the history. you can just enter in those uh, machine gun car codes <laughs> the and cheat codes. you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't there like a monster truck that you can drive around? Like, There's a sports car there. with a machine gun. There's an exploding monkey. There's yeah. all sorts of Just the of amount stuff. of content and crazy like cheat codes and stuff just makes it a fun game for anyone to mess well, around with. Too. And the fact that this game a lot is still of... getting support, what... 18 years <laughs> yeah. after release, 19 crazy. years after release. And one of the cool things is you can actually build your own levels and campaigns yeah. and release it on Steam Library as mod content. So you can actually go back and play campaigns that never existed in the original game yeah. from people you know. Cool. 
All right, moving ahead, we have game number 28, Luigi's Mansion for the GameCube. This was a game that captured my imagination as a kid like none other. Like, this was the first and only game I had for the GameCube. And I just remember so vividly all the different rooms and finding all the secrets. And it kind of took a little bit from, like, maybe almost like Zelda or, like, Metroid or something with little different secrets and tricks and tips that were really hard to find. Um, And kind of put that into a game where you were hunting down ghosts and exploring a mansion and finding different rooms and i know just this game the the humor of it it was like kind of a horror game but it was also kind of lighthearted and funny um nintendo and really any other companies never really made a game that's ever been like this It was a very very unique game which is uh, one reason why i still really love it today yeah and it's the first game that i ever played that really starred luigi like yeah obviously mario is missing and that's what you're doing the whole time is you're you're looking for mario and so nintendo to launch this as the flagship mario not yeah. but not mario title came before their, mario sunshine new, i think it is better than mario sunshine game pretty, i think the best part about this game is really the the ghostbusters inspired vacuum cleaner yes thing. just the, the different gameplay that is involved with that it's so unique and it definitely was something special wait hold on i actually forgot the best part of this game is the a button you push that giant A button on the GameCube controller at any point in the game, and Luigi will yell at one of, like, 38 different recorded uh, yells for Mario. And so, like, if you're, like, in a dark room with lots of ghosts, he'll be like, Mario. And if, you know, you're totally normal, he'll just say it like he's perfectly calm. Mario. Yeah, so I love that, <laughs> that button in that game. That's a, that's a cool transition. Um, moving ahead, game number 27, Batman Arkham Asylum. This was the first game that made you feel like Batman, and this was the, really the first really good superhero game that I ever I ever played. I never played the yeah. original Spider games, Spider-Man games. One of the first like modern day open world games in general. Yeah, like. first modern day open world game in general, and it was the first like three D Metroid like game that I played. So you would go all around Arkham Asylum, and you would find different spaces and be like, hmm. I think I can get in there, but I don't have the tool to get in there yet. I'll mm-hmm. need to come back later, yeah. which was neat. Yeah, exactly. It was really I, fun to like backtrack and like find all the different collectibles. There was just the right amount of collectibles in this one. There wasn't too many like the later games that you could like find them all. And like the combat is still one of the most satisfying combat systems of like any game. And so many games have kind of copied that <laughs> combat system because it feels so good. And the story in this was just fun because, you know, Batman and you just got this whole plethora of villains and you're seeing you're like, oh, my gosh, it's that guy or, oh, it's her. You know, and you just feel like you're watching and playing through yeah. an actual like Batman cartoon. Yeah, like it, they had the original voice actors from the animated series like in the game. So it was just really well made and put together. And it kind of was really, like you said, kind of the first big superhero or really licensed open world game that was well. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving ahead, game number 26, Metroid Prime. Uh, this is the first Metroid Prime for the GameCube. This was an awesome game because you, everyone like saw it and it was like, oh, Nintendo, this is Nintendo's Halo competitor. It's a first-person shooter. And then you start playing and you're like, oh, this is, yes, I still have a first-person view and I shoot some space pirates and stuff like that, but it's nothing like Halo. I'm exploring this world alone. It's it took the super Metroid formula and somehow put it into first person and made it even better, Mm -hmm. which was absolutely insane and crazy at the time. The puzzle, like the puzzles in this game and the puzzle solving was really, really unique as far as including the platforming, but also like, I've spent hours just like looking at certain part areas yeah. of the game and being like, well, what am I supposed to it do? It nailed that feel of like isolation that like Metroid games are kind of known for. Like the boards were so big and they were like empty in a way, but they were like not 
empty in a way that it was boring. It was like interesting because you could yeah. scan different items and stuff like that, and it was well, just impressive. And it was a it was a Western developer too. This was yeah. kind of Nintendo's first Western developer that was based in America, yeah. and they were a new studio, and so no one really knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. And then they came out, and since then everyone's been like Retro Studios. What are they working <laughs> on next? Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. sure. Put them on the map. Um, so moving ahead, game number twenty five, Monkey Island. So we're officially in our top 25 now. We're in the top 25 now. Rob, I know Uh, you love this game. So this game, classic music, LucasArts at the peak, the very beginning, basically. Click and point, which is actually point and click. (laughs) And pirates. I mean, what more can you ask for in a game? Guybrush Threepwood. Great hero, really kind of goofy, kind of stupid, made, you know, the puzzles were super unique. The way you solve things was never how you ex- expected. And one of the best parts in this game was the sword combat mm-hmm. because it wasn't actually sword combat. It was an insult battle. And you won <laughs> battles based off of how well you could tailor insults with what they said. That's great. Which is such a unique system, and it was so fun. Yeah. I, Rob, I have, blasted I have a, through this game. I have a question for you. So you're... We've done 100 episodes here. Your love of pirates is infamous. Is this That's where true. your love of pirates started? Um, or did it just help grow and improve? I think this just really <laughs> helped grow it. Okay. I had a, I've always had a love for pirates, but this one was definitely one of those games where it just made me feel like... <laughs> Rob sailed it. out of the womb going, Arr! <laughs> <laughs> If you know anything about me, I do have a nice pirate beard. You so do. Pirates no, are in my blood. No, Monkey has a good choice. I I love the hand drawn uh, like art style in this game. It's really a cool game to look at, even to this mm-hmm. day. Um, all right, moving ahead. Game number twenty four, Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. And I mean, this game deserves to be in pretty much anyone's top twenty five list, just because you look at like a majority of like indie games coming out today, and they're based off of Super Metroid, like that Metroidvania, you know, style really was kind of born with Super Metroid. And this game still has some of the best pixel art ever made like to this day. And I think it's just such a great atmospheric game where, you know, like we think of games today, we you know with like VR and like, you know, big single player games like Skyrim and Doom and stuff. Like it's being like, oh, games that really pull you into the atmosphere. But this game accomplished it back in 16 bits, you know, back on the Super Nintendo and still is kind of, I think, heralded as one of the best single player know explorable platformers out there today yeah and it's i never played this game until i got a wii u and nintendo Mm -hmm. did that 30 cent classics (laughs) thing great deal they did yeah it was a great deal but um i went through and i haven't beaten this game but i played a lot of it and really really enjoyed the time i spent with it even what like 16 15 years after Mm -hmm. the game more than that Mm -hmm. after the game's release yeah still still feels really really good and looks and sounds good as well so Great game, Super Metroid. Uh, moving ahead, game number 23, Red Dead Redemption. Mr. John Marston. I mean, if there's a game out there that can make you feel the Old West cowboy, all those cheesy cowboy movies that we all grew up with, this is it. Yes. I mean, the the dead-eye slow motion shooting, the you can do and go wherever you want, how John Marston is just one of the greatest characters in video game history. I mean, this was just a fun game that gave us so much freedom to be the cowboy villain or good guy that we really wanted to be. And, of course, Jeff, I know you love tying people, innocent people, to train tracks and watching them die. 
Hey, so this that, is this that was is a great trophy for, for them to include in there for you trophy hunters to chase. But no, this game is just so great because it you know, it's like GTA but in the Wild West. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's the sales pitch, right? And I've never really been into the GTA games, but I love kind of the old Western movies and like the Wild West, and just thought it was so interesting that they remade this old living wild west world that had all these different actions and there were so many events and different things that made each time you played it very different because different things would spawn in the world and so just a really really groundbreaking game for the time and i i just really appreciated how it took um a different approach to open world games so red dead redemption number 23 um moving ahead game number 22 uncharted 4 this is uh what was the tagline for uncharted 4 Thieves end. Thieves end. Thieves Thieves end. Because this is the end of the Nathan Drake storyline, and it really dealt with pirates. I mean, this is again one of my. (laughs) Oh, that's why Rob wanted it on this list. Uh, No, it did a really interesting job with pirates, though. Like it. This is an incredible storyline because it gave us some historic pirates, some historic things that were going on. Uh, Guybrush Threepwood is indirectly mentioned in this game. There's a little Easter egg for you guys if you can find it. But this was graphically beautiful. Gameplay was fun. And the story hooked us. We always felt like we were on the edge of the seat. Like, is Nathan actually going to make it out? I don't know. I'm not going to spoil the game. If you want to listen to the spoiler, we did a spoiler cast for it back a long time ago. But it is a brilliant, fun game to play. And I think one of the big things about it is... After the first three Uncharted games, people kind of were like, well, the Uncharted, like, they kind of made fun of the fact that Uncharted was a lighthearted, fun action adventure movie style game, but you ended up killing hundreds of people in that game. So they made fun of that. And Uncharted kind of, Uncharted 4 kind of took some of those criticisms and made, um, added some depth into the game that wasn't there before. And we got to see this character who we had spent so much time with kind of struggle through trying to adjust and grow up and change, um, uh, kind of the way he lived his life, which was really interesting. Yeah, it took a really interesting take on some of the characters and kind of maturing them and expanding their character arcs. And also, I think just we wouldn't be talking about this game so fondly if it didn't have a satisfying conclusion and ending. Yes. It just wrapped up the whole Nathan Drake story in such a well way that was, I think a lot of people thought was nearly impossible to do after such high <laughs> expectations. So I'm um, just overall just a really, really great story um, that really just made this game stand out. Um, so, next game, number 21, Batman Arkham City. So, this is the sequel to Arkham Asylum. And uh, I think this game is kind of known for just taking what made Arkham Asylum good and just making it bigger and better and going yeah. crazy with villains. This was essentially the same as the Christopher Nolan movies where Batman Begins was kind of the smaller one-story note. More thread. contained, yeah. More contained. And uh, Dark Knight was just this huge blockbuster. Same thing with this game where... Arkham City, like you said, took it and kind of blew it out. It gave you this whole area of um, like the tripled city the to map explore. or something. Yeah, tripled <laughs> the map, um, added in a bunch of side quests and stuff like that. Like the first game didn't really have any side quests, so it added in different side quests that you could complete. Batman interacted with like I don't even know how many villains. A ton, and oh, then just so kept revealing them. The story and especially the ending, like still, oh, it's gut wrenching. Like, haunts us to this day. I yeah. would say, still yeah. made it. Well, and one of the, one of the best parts about this game that it did is while it had so many villains, it also gave you the ability to play as Catwoman. Yeah, which you know actually made it fun to play as either Batman or Catwoman, and made just so many unique story choices with all of that which was just super fun. Yeah. It gave a lot of, a lot of good 
choice um, in that game as well. So. This is still, I think, my quickest time to beat ever game. I beat this game in oh, three yeah. days. Yeah, that's right. Takes, you were just like you know about sunk me. in your bed with the Wii U gamepad, right? Yes, I played it entirely on the Wii U gamepad, which, you know, not probably not the optimal <laughs> way to play that game, but I had a ton of fun. Dude, that... Mm-hmm. having the shark jump out of the ice and mr penguins like layer and eat me is still the most like oh my gosh moments he gave me and i've had that was crazy so funny um yeah uh so moving ahead game number 20 is destiny and uh destiny on the list right here we're kind of looking at it as like a whole like destiny one so like you know i got three years DLC, yeah three years of supported content update. and updates and you know we all know destiny wasn't really quite what we hoped for when it launched but after the especially the taking king update this just became just a really really fun game and i think what makes this game stand out still for me is just the way it had like an amazing online community around it because i've met so many so many awesome people online through destiny and like i still talk to them regularly online on playstation like almost every day you know every week and just really but really being able to connect with other people and doing the raids which is some of like the best like cooperative content like in any video game ever in my opinion it's just really really satisfying to play with other people and just you know this took everything that was good about the halo games minus the story (laughs) but like all the gameplay wise like all the the gunplay and the shooting and just made it really really fun to play and it was still one of the best games to play with friends to this day yeah and i think it did a really good job of i think like you said jeff i think Probably 50% of my friends on my PlayStation, my PSN list, if I went through my friends, mm-hmm. I just have through playing Destiny with. Yeah. Most of them I've never met in real life. I just have them as people I've played Destiny with and laughed with and celebrated with about getting great yeah. guns or <laughs> cursed and been like, no, why is the, the RNG gods not helping yeah. me today? And it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, you get a lot of memories with your friends when you play with this game. Well, you know, I have a lot of friends I've added on other playing other games like rocket league and you know games like splatoon and whatever but the friends i've made on destiny are i have a lot of good memories with so great community game uh moving ahead game number 19 mass effect 2 and this one took everything that mass effect 1 did and improved upon it it made the gameplay more fun it made the combat more fun it made the characters more interesting it made the side character stories even more enjoyable because they, you had to do so many different things to earn their loyalty. And the end suicide mission was probably one of the best endings yeah. to a game ever. <laughs> this is the first and, times that a video game's like story where I was like shouting and like feeling my heart like race because I didn't want like a fictional character to die. Exactly. I've never really experienced that before in a game. So that that's one of the, you know, standouts for this game for me and if you know anything about the mass effect series uh, mass effect 3 kind of fell short at the ending mass effect andromeda wasn't super great anywhere in the story mass (laughs) effect 1 was kind of a a slow story but mass effect 2 is the one that really just capitalized on everything story and made it just it it just made it it all about the characters like you were just introduced to all these different characters add them to your team and each character was super unique and interesting and they just fleshed out each of those characters so well that you'd really cared about the characters just really really good performances and mm-hmm. voice acting that just made this one of the best single player games ever well and this yeah the they added to the combat a lot in this game yes. right like the first game it was like- actually fun to do the combat mass effect one's combat was not fun for me but i loved mm-hmm. how it was more a little more actiony in the second one it made it feel a little bit more like a shooter rather more accessible l- rather yeah. rts like the first one yep. yeah so awesome game 
Uh, moving ahead, game number 18, Animal Crossing. So I was trying to think about how to describe this game or talk about why I love it. And I think you paid it one of the highest compliments earlier, Jeff, when you said it's a game that really can't compare to any other game on this list mm-hmm. because it's so different. Like, there's not, like, any huge real objectives. I mean, yes, you're trying to upgrade your house, but... The, you can play it how you want. You can play it how you want. It was the first game I ever played where it like responded in real time. So if you went on on Thanksgiving, there would be like a Thanksgiving Day feast, and there were little um, favors you could try and do to get certain items. In-game calendar and clocks. Yeah, in-game calendar and clock, day-night cycle. And being 10, how old it was, like 10 to 12 or whatever that was at the time, that blew my mind. And specifically the GameCube version, um, I know you enjoyed all the NES games yeah. that you could unlock on there, which was really <laughs> They had cool. like... Pretty much all the games on the NES Classic, like, unlockable in the game. And, like, Nintendo since then has realized, like, we can't, like, give these NES games out for free in games anymore. Like, we have yeah. to sell them. <laughs> but if you have the original Animal Crossing, you have a great collection of amazing NES games mm-hmm. on there, which is cool. Yeah, and I had a ton of fun. Just I created a village, or I created a house, and played with all of my siblings. And we all used to be like, no, I need to get on first so I can really? find the fossils. Or I need to get the best fish. And we were kind of constantly... So all shared com- the yeah, we all shared together. and played. And we were constant com- constantly competing to see who could kind of... So you kind of play as like a competitive yeah, multiplayer was, we, we definitely had a competitive part of it. It's pretty crazy for a game that's not designed as like a competitive multiplayer no, game at all. all so. But we kind of turned it into that. Yeah, so. and that's a great thing. You can play it that way if you want. Or you can play it solo. You can you know, sync... 200 hours into it playing an hour each day or you can just jump in for 20 minutes a week and you know you're gonna have fun either way so yep. uh, mm-hmm. great moving ahead game number 17 overwatch um overwatch is on this list because look at that character roster like look at those 26 characters look how unique each one of them are look how well you know how different each one of them is how well they are diversified and have different characteristics and things that make them unique and just find interesting abilities that go along with them. Like every single character has different abilities that make them stand out and finding the right team comp of six V six. When you're playing with other people, if you know, I'm really good with Winston, but Hey, we really need a healer. I'm going to jump onto Lucio and have some fun there. And just really having a variation of, skills that you need for each character like some characters are easier to play some of them are harder to play but no matter what you can contribute to your team no matter how much you've played a shooter before and when i think about overwatch one of the things that jumps out at me is the first weekend i got and played this game like there i didn't want to do anything else i think i spent like six hours playing this game straight just because it was so addictive to try out the different characters see how the Mm -hmm. different combinations of characters on a team either helped your team or could hurt your team every character feels useful yeah and every character feels like if someone knows what they're doing they can do well and help contribute to their team it's and it's such a so it felt like an almost a new a new genre for me yeah exactly just amazing game to play with friends and you know this is you know, uh, I think this is the only early game on our list that's multiplayer only, <laughs> but it's just well, such it's, a cool multiplayer experience. And it was so cool because all the characters had fully fleshed out animated stories that were like Pixar on yeah, yeah, the, the steroids, Overwatch as well as the fact that this game is such a huge eSport nowadays, mm-hmm. that there's even a competitive league based on it, and that's just incredible that yes. this game basically was eLeague worthy <laughs> within hours of yeah, watch the, the skill cap on this game is extremely high um and then you know we got to give a shout out as well to just how well this game's been updated like they've put in you know i want i feel like over like 10 or 12 maps into this game 
they've added in four or five free heroes, tons of different in-game events and like new modes and stuff. So just if you've played this game at launch and you put it down and you've never played it, but you played it again today, you would be like blown away by how much new stuff is in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just great support from uh, Blizzard. Um, All right, moving ahead. Game number 16, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Now, Mario Kart 8, I just put Mario Kart 8 Deluxe down because Mario Kart 8, you know, if you include all the DLCs, it's practically just Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Isn't this a remaster? Kind of. We could say Mario Kart 8, though, just with all I the DLC, everything we're in there. Our own rule here. <laughs> but this is pretty much a full game that has 48 levels in it. I mean, that's what makes it stand out to me. What about you, Nathan? Uh, it stands out to me because it's the funnest. Like, there was a time where I was playing Sonic Racing Transformed on the Wii U, and I was like. <laughs> I think Sonic Racing beat Mario Kart. Like, I didn't love Mario Kart 7 as much as some people. I didn't really like... Like, Mario Kart Wii was a little bit of a disappointment for me. And then Mario Kart 8 came out, and I was like, oh, no. This is glorious. <laughs> the game is absolutely beautiful. You mentioned the variety of tracks, the different characters, and the... Well, just the number. 48 levels in a racing game. Like, previous Mario Kart games had around 16. 14, maybe 30 in some of the later ones. Yes. But, like, yeah. insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. And the racing felt really, really good. I feel like they did a little bit better job of balancing the Mario Kart ness of this to where they added like the uh what's the one that can block the blue shell and stuff like that? Like they Oh the they, air horn. The thing. air horn. <laughs> they they made it a little bit more competitive, I feel like, than than previous Mario Karts. Yeah, I, I, you could say that. Online worked pretty well for a Nintendo game. You could play that online with friends. Um and yeah, just a really, really solid in our opinion, the best racing game ever made. So yeah. just really, really fun game. You can play it, play it with anyone. Added a lot of features to you to help out racers who uh, you know aren't quite as experienced as well. So a lot, mm-hmm. lot, of, lot of good times in Mario Kart 8. Uh, moving ahead, game number 15, Horizon Zero Dawn. Now, this game's pretty recent, so this is still pretty fresh in my mind. We all I play- love this game. <laughs> oh, man. This game was so much fun. It just took such a unique concept of like robot dinosaurs and like prehistoric type technology and just put them together and just made it and just the story was really great but the combat i think is what really makes this game stand Mm -hmm. out is the archery the slow motion falling and shooting your arrows that you know and taking down progressively bigger and bigger robot dinosaur things and just I just think this game really makes my top 25 simply because it was just so much fun to play. And I played it through it so fast because yeah. it was so enjoyable. It's just still one of the most gorgeous games like ever made. Like it's photorealistic, has yeah. really, really awesome art design where it blends technology <clears throat> with like a, you know, natural uh, world and just really, really cool, you know, direction with all the different like dinosaur-like creatures. And they were all so much fun. There were so many different weapons and tools and elements you could use to fight them and approach it your own way. Um, and also just a really good story and score and just overall, you know, great package. I think and this the- is a game that all three of us have, like, completed and, like, all absolutely loved. <laughs> like, So just mm-hmm. really, really well-made game. I think this is our highest-ranked uh, PS4 game on our list. So if you have a PS4 haven't played Horizon, like, go get it. It's only, like, 10, 20 bucks now, uh, but totally worth it. Um, amazing game. And the main character was also just super enjoyable. Yes. Like, how many video games can you say you actually like the main character? Yeah, and this is, you know, a new 
IP, new character, new world, everything. So the fact that it did so well and impressed us so much being, you know, entirely new IP for this generation is uh, pretty impressive as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, moving ahead, we have game number 14, Super Mario Galaxy. This game is, in my opinion, the best Mario game of all time. And that's yeah. because if the game came after Super Mario Sunshine, which was kind of divided people's opinions, like mm-hmm. it was a fun game, but a lot of people didn't didn't like it. And then Nintendo re- released Super Mario Galaxy, and everyone was like, oh my gosh. The creativity with the adding in the gravity um, and making it so that Mario would like stick to any planet. So you could mm-hmm. uh, run around on the bottom or jump from of moon the planet, to moon, or like jump from moon around. to moon, or <laughs> use these star things to kind of bring your way through and... space. And the two biggest things that stand out for me are the creativity in the level design and the sheer different amounts of levels you have and the ideas that go in behind that. And then also the amount of the tightness of the platforming. Like early on, it kind of gets pretty easy, but as you get into some of those later levels, you have to be really, really good at platforming. And <laughs> Luigi's it, purple coin challenge. I'll never forget you. <laughs> that was one of the hardest 30 Mario challenges of any game. Uh, no, and you got to give a shout out to the orchestrated score. Like one of the most beautiful amazing soundtracks of any video game um ever made and i really like how you mentioned you know the level variety like my sunshine was all beach levels like this had one little beach level and then had oh this is a different volcano level this was a level where you go up inside up and down here's this part of the level side scrolling like there were so many different variety and bosses and different ideas used and they even had so many ideas they made a sequel with yep. Mario galaxy 2 but exactly. yeah this is a game that really mm-hmm. anyone can enjoy and when i think of nintendo magic this is one of those games I think of. Like it just had that Nintendo magic in it. So, give us an HD remake on Switch. Yes, please. Yes. Uh, all right, moving ahead. <laughs> game number thirteen, Tetris, the world phenomenon puzzle game. Like this was the game I remember. Like my mom playing this game, and like my mom's friends all getting together and playing this game and it was like weird like i've never seen a group of moms all playing a video game back in the 90s before but tetris was a game that did that and you know tetris is still so much fun to play to this day i have it in my game boy advanced sp it's like right down here like i could reach it right now just because i always anytime you want to pop that open and start playing tetris it's always a good time it's always fun you never can play just one round you always oh, okay just one more round oh i can do one a good more, better one score. More. and it's just such an iconic puzzle game that just still plays so well today i think yeah it's super fun as well as like you said it was so it's so accessible by everyone even my wife who if you're a fan of the show no she doesn't play video games she doesn't really like video games she plays tetris on her own all the time <laughs> and so this is a game that just you don't have to be a gamer to like this is yeah, this the was, game of this is pretty much one of the biggest games ever yeah this is like the first huge like mobile game like right it came out on game boy everyone had it like this was this is what everyone played before clash of clans and pokemon go and all these you know big free-to-play mobile games came out mm-hmm. it was everyone played tetris it was the original puzzle game yep exactly so awesome game moving ahead game number 12 Super Mario World. Um, this was the Super Nintendo Mario game that came out at launch for the Super Nintendo and just really took all these things from Mario Bros. 1 and 3, added new power-ups, obviously 16-bit you know, bit art style. And the thing that made this game so much fun is really um, adding in Yoshi because this was the first game 
with Yoshi in it. You could ride on Yoshi. You could transform Yoshi um, using different powers, and it really changed the way you played. Even like the the song backtrack would like add little drums anytime you're on Yoshi, and that tradition is carried forward in the Mario games. But um, I think really the thing aside from Yoshi that I remember from this game is I think it had eighty. 87 levels or something like add the most variety and amount like number wise of levels in a Mario game. Like just the amount of levels in this game and how many challenging worlds you could unlock and secrets hidden to explore the different world map. This is just still just a great game. Like I still play through this game like every year, a couple times. Like I've probably beaten this game over 80 times in my life just because I love it so much and just so replayable. And it expanded kind of the character and enemy selection as well. I yes. feel like, uh, well, it introduced the Koopa Kids, yeah, which like, are back the now. Koopa Kids, Koopa are huge now. Um, it introduced. I didn't play a lot of Super Mario Brothers three, so like I went kind of from Super Mario Brothers one to Super Mario Brothers World, and I was like, oh my gosh, there was <laughs> just like Goombas and and Koopa or uh, what, the, what are the turtles called? Koopa, right? Yeah, Koopas. Before Koopas. and now, there's all these different things. There's was it Charge and Chuck with the football Charge and helmet? Chuck was there. You had the Bonsai Bills. Uh, yeah, lot, lots of really cool stuff. I had the Koopa Clown Car for Bowser, the final boss fight, one of my favorite Mario boss fights ever. Um, just really, really amazing, awesome game uh, that is just still so much fun to play. Yep. Um, moving ahead, number 11, Halo 2. The game that we either that we all played, and some of us got in trouble because we weren't supposed to play. <laughs> <laughs> if you're my age. Um, this was the first M-rated game I was allowed to buy, and it was... Years after it'd come out, and like I had to like write my parents like a paper on like why I should like, be allowed why to play should it. Should be allowed to buy it yeah. and play it. That's, that's this awesome. is one of the games I stuck to my friend's house to play. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, this game. Uh, I think about one thing when I think of this game, and I think of four-player lockout with the shotgun, <laughs> shotgun or pistol. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking swords. about. Yeah. Exactly the the map and level design for multiplayer, um, like. Halo 1 kind of introduced it, but then Halo 2 expanded on it so much and it added so many different game modes and mm-hmm. things you could do to switch you up. You could customize yeah, it. Yeah, you could customize it. It also added in Xbox Live, so you, it was the first um, like Halo game you could yeah. play online without doing system link. It was link. my first online gaming experience like ever was playing Halo 2 <laughs> at a friend's house. Wow. Yeah. And one of the cool things about Halo 2 is it took some of the combat from Halo 1 and it improved on it, even, you know, adding, like, dual wielding, which yes. was <laughs> one of the say. greatest things ever. Dual wielding ever. was my favorite thing about Halo 2 that introduced and that series. And it added swords. You couldn't get oh, swords right. in the first one. Their swords were in the first one. You, you, started, you played as someone besides Master Chief. Halo 1, you play as Master Chief the whole time, and then, like, a couple levels into Halo 2, you're like, oh, I'm this new Arbiter character who's kind of, like... Ben is betrayed is an outcast. Yeah, yeah, you don't really know exactly who he is. So that was a really neat way to um, introduce kind of more Covenant tech and weapons into the game as well. Yeah, I think the reason this game isn't higher on our list is because of the cliffhanger ending. But uh, we're going to move ahead to uh, game number 10. <laughs> yes. uh, Super Smash Bros. for Wii U is game number 10. And uh, we kind of decided this is really our favorite, really multiplayer-focused game. Like... You get friends together. You play Smash Bros. for you. You can have up to eight people locally. The character roster is at over, I think, 54 characters. Um, they had great DLC support for this game. And just the variety to play in this. And just overall, I think this is the most well-balanced gameplay-wise Smash as well. Like, Melee is hard to go back to. Um, it's, it's really, really it's fast. Really, it's very it's technical. very fast, very technical. 
it's brawl is a little bit too like for competitive players and people who really like to have an edge it's it introduced tripping and was a little bit slower yeah not not quite know. quite as good but smash 4 64 hit that right was balance. really good 64 was really good but it had such a limited stages and cast yeah, characters all, it, was, it was a great idea that was then expanded upon yeah exactly yeah like smash so Wars. like super smash bros for the wii u like you said it had a huge roster of characters which was so much fun because you could play as like pretty much anyone you could imagine yeah i mean come back to us who are all like 90s kids gamers and say oh yeah in 20 years you guys are going to be able to play a game where you fight as mario sonic pac-man cloud strife ryu all, Mega Man all in the same game and you can beat the crap out of each other like we would have been like no <laughs> there's no That's way ever had that as a game in some random kid's imagination but no that happened that you had so many great gaming icons together in this game and just um, really polished you know this was the first HD Smash Bros as well <laughs> so just looked really good performed well 60 frames per second even with 8 people and just um, really really enjoyable game um, and you could also play it in the 3DS if you wanted the not as pretty experience <laughs> Uh, it was it was the first mobile Smash Brothers experience, so it yeah. wasn't and it worked quite well. as perfect, but it worked well, and it came out a month before Smash War for Wii U. So, so it made us all get it because <laughs> yes, we were so exactly. excited for the Wii U one. Uh, and that is our highest Wii U uh, ranked game on the list. All right, so getting further into our top ten, game number nine, Super Mario Brothers three. Guys, I think this <laughs> game may be my top game of all time. Like, I kind of shift my top game of all time around, you know, over the years. But I think right now this game is my favorite. Just the variety in different levels. Like, there was an entire level where there was Goombas hopping around in green boots. And if you killed a Goomba with a fireball, you could then jump into the boot and you would be impervious to spikes or other damage below. You could jump extra high. And it was only for that one level. And then there was a level where the sun decided to fall out of the sky halfway level and start chasing you. (laughs) And just how hard the levels became ever. There was a great difficulty curve. There was This is the most legendary game from Mario Secrets. Like, you could hold down on a white block to go in the background and get a warp whistle. You could use hammers and secret places in the world map to unlock secrets. Um, it has Nathan's favorite Mario enemy with big birth of the fish. Uh, <laughs> that's why I can't agree with you as the best game of all time. But <laughs> just such, such a well-made game that pushed the NES hardware to its max. Like I'm impressed this game even came out yeah, on you, the original if you Nintendo. Compare Super Mario brothers three with like the original super Mario yeah. brothers. They look like they totally, came out totally different, different generations. Systems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just the suits as well is my last thing. Just the suits. You could be a froggy suit, which was my favorite, a hammer bro suit, tanuki suit. And it really took, hey, Mario power-ups aren't just a star and a fire flower. Like you can literally transform Mario into these adorable animal outfits as well and have some fun powers to play with. So just amazing game. A lot of, it, it's been so influential on a lot of the other Mario games that have come out, especially the yeah, 2D totally. Mario games that have come out from this one. And it's a fun game to play. It's pretty controversial. A lot of either you love it or you hate it. And wait, who hates Super <laughs> Mario Brothers three, Rob? I think the only thing controversial with Mario think, three is people choosing I, is Mario Bros. three or Super Mario World the best two D platformer. Exactly, those two I, are I kind think, of regarded as the two best. But, so, yeah, okay. Mario Bros. Okay. three, great game. Uh, moving ahead, game number eight, Skyrim. This is Elder Scrolls four. Is that correct? Elder Scrolls five. Five. Skyrim. Sorry. And the reason uh, this made our list is because this game took over, like, culture for a little while. Because uh, I remember when this game first came out, I had a friend. I was I was in college at the time. I had a friend who got it. And he came back, and he was like, I went to the midnight release, and he was kind of showing it to me. And I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. And then he was like, no, you can be 
like these six different races and you can do literally anything in this game like you can be a warrior you can be a mage you can choose to just live a humble life and not kill anyone (laughs) like there's so many different options and then over the next six months seeing almost everyone i knew start playing this game or start quoting this game i know someone who like made a poem or did (laughs) really yeah made a poem and like uh, said it to this girl he really liked <laughs> to try and convince her to go out with him all about Skyrim. Well, like, even okay. I know quotes from this game. I never really played Skyrim that much, but I know like, you know, arrow to a knee and like all these different quotes that came from Skyrim. And it was Who's just one of those ra? games that never really ended. So for people who loved deep single player experiences, like this was a game where you could just keep playing for hundreds of hours. And there was so many different things and ways to play yeah. in this game. And, and one of the great parts about it is that it's still being ported to new consoles and new <laughs> systems. Like it's recently ported still to Amazon Alexa device. Like yeah, you can play it literally with your Alexa <laughs> in your house, and you can even download the app onto your phone and play it for, through the Amazon app on your phone. Like this That's is so incredible that a game still transcends culture and time, even though it came out in 2011 well and this game also last thing about it is it made it so much more accessible than any of the other elder scroll games like it made it a lot more friendly to people who maybe Mm -hmm. hadn't played a lot of rpgs or didn't really want to or hadn't spent a ton of time in a fully open 3d world and said that was this was the first game that i remember playing that i was like oh my gosh i can go pretty much anywhere this map is giant you can really do anything and as you well. can really do yeah. anything as well yeah so. it was one of those games you could put 500 hours into it and someone would ask you oh how did you enjoy the story and you go there's a story what <laughs> yeah exactly. you could totally pave your own path for sure um all right moving ahead game number seven uncharted 2 this is by far the best Uncharted game in the entire series, yes. in my opinion. We, we all agree with that. <laughs> I mean, it's number seven, obviously. The opening of this the, game is, it is what the sold combat me. made it a little bit more smooth. Obviously, the graphics looked a little better, but the level design and the story were the best parts about this. The characters we really fell in love with: Nathan Drake and Elena and Chloe and you know Sully uh, during this game this is mm-hmm. what solidified it the the levels were just incredible i mean like you said jeff the opening scene the train climb like it's probably yeah, is, the greatest opening sequence of any game ever like it's, it's so, so iconic yeah well and it it added it kind of made uncharted famous for that absolutely insane 99 out of 100 times you're dying and you're yeah. not making crazy cinematic crazy you barely are hanging experiences on. <laughs> and nathan drake did it completely uh repeatedly throughout the entire game and uncharted one had a little bit of that in it but like you said the train scene and then subsequent events just added onto that a hundredfold yep and by the end of the game you know you're like laughing and crying along with the characters and you've like just really grown attached to them while the first one introduced you to them but you know i like how you said that rob like two is where we fell in love with these characters Mm -hmm. and, and we're invested ever since so uncharted two amazing single player story experience by naughty dog um, game number six, Pokemon Red and Blue. The reason to own a Game Boy or a Game Boy Color. If you missed out on Tetris, this was the second coming. The second coming. Um, Pokemon, <laughs> I don't know what it was about it, but it just, I had never played a turn-paced RPG. I hate turn-paced RPGs. I don't mm-hmm. like enjoy them at all. But making taking these little monsters that you could catch 
and giving them different elemental abilities and explaining like hey fire beats water that makes mm-hmm. sense in real life so that's gonna um beat someone in in the way the rpg and kind of rock paper scissors mechanic yeah. works as well reached an entire generation of people yeah and it just really gave you ownership over your party right like i may have picked mm-hmm. charizard you know or charmander as my starter you may have picked squirtle like that would totally make me a huge charizard fan for the rest of my life and you're probably still a huge blastoise fan um and then you know finding all the 150 was a great goal that was obtainable with a lot of a <laughs> lot of work but it was <laughs> obtainable i i did it as a kid and i was extremely proud of it and this was really the first rpg game that i ever really super got into and i played this game over and over i beat this game multiple times i got all the other versions and played with played you know the different games and it just still is such an iconic franchise today and is one of the biggest you know phenomenons in the world and it just you know such a brilliant idea with having these small pocket monsters that you could customize and nickname and um go on these you know explorations with yeah and and we all know that we when we were kids we carried Pokemon Red or Blue whichever one you had or you know maybe both wherever we went yes either that or <laughs> because the trading it, cards or both <laughs> yeah and it was Pokemania. why so many of us fell in love with Pokemon I took it to Burger King because they had the Burger King Pokemon toys and I, we yes. still like my parents' house have like a giant bin of like sixty of the different Pokemon from those Pokemon toys and Burger King. <laughs> Uh, but yeah great amazing game you know i think that was the first big rpg experience for most of us and mm-hmm. just great memories with those games all right gentlemen top five we're here top five here games of all time pause the episode and tweet at us on our twitter at hey listen underscore games what you think our top five are gonna yeah. be before you now that you know on. you know pokemon yeah. and skyrim and these other games are not in the top five but but First off, number five, we have Halo 3. Um, we all really loved Halo 2 in this game, or in the, on the show here, but we kind of agreed that Halo 3 you know, took it into the HD era on Xbox 360, had a more satisfying overall story and campaign, and just really gave you a lot more options with multiplayer and online. And also, one of the most underrated features of Halo 3 that I, don't, I think a lot of people forget about is the Forge mode. Like, you could create and download custom user-made maps that would be like i remember i had a duck hunt level where like it was like a duck hunt mode where people would automatically jump up on these bouncers and you try to snipe them in the head or like doing crazy like warthog race tracks and different crazy game modes you know infection and stuff like that um just so much time spent in this game playing multiplayer as well as you know the really good campaign as well yeah and the this the campaign really finished uh, master chief's story and put an appropriate ending on it, and mm. it's, I've refused to admit any Halo games have been made after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just such a classic game, and we all put so many hours into this one, and really have such a... It, it holds a special place in all of our hearts. I mean, it still has one of my favorite multiplayer online modes of like any game ever of all time. There's a match around in it called Splockets, where you play the entire round on teams of two with only Spartan lasers and rocket launchers. And it was just complete chaos, but it was just so much fun playing. There was even like a rocket hog mode where like you would be in a team of three on a rocket, 
warthog. The person in the back would be shooting rockets. One person on the side seat would be shooting like a stun plasma pistol. And then there'd be a driver and you're running around like giant maps like coagulation, trying to get all the different checkpoints and blowing the other people up, setting them off course and just so much variety. Like this isn't just, you know, a FPS. This is a game that you could play so many different ways. Yeah, and so creative. So many cool ways to play custom game modes and stuff like that where the community mm-hmm. just went at it for this game. So amazing uh, experience with Halo 3 for sure. Um, all right. Game number four, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. This was really kind of the last, um, I'm not going to say last, but it was really the best 2D Zelda game where it took everything that made the original Zelda great and just said, hey, we're going to make this entire world huge. We're going to make it beautiful. We're going to give it like an awesome story that games back then didn't really have and then it introduced so many like new things to the zelda franchise that have been mainstays since with like you know the lost woods and master sword uh zelda's lullaby playing hook instruments shot. hookshot all these different weapons and tricks the and different things of like a dark world as well yeah like flipping mm-hmm. and having basically two different world maps in the game and going back and forth between two is something that many zelda games since then have done um and just really an amazing tons of tons of content like there's so many secrets i want to say there's over like 20 something items in your inventory in this game like just so many different weapons and things uh to choose from plus who could forget bunny link (laughs) pink bunny link pink bunny link (laughs) excuse me excuse me no this game was a ton of fun and like you said it's memorable to this day and Many people would rank it as the best Zelda game. Yeah, of all for time. sure. Like that's not a <laughs> that's not a crazy thing to say. To say Link to the Past is the best Zelda game ever, and even we got Link Between Worlds, which was you know kind of a reimagining of the original. But Link to the Past is still like probably better in most people's eyes, and just still such an iconic um, game for the Super Nintendo. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Link to the Past number four. Um, all right, number three, The Legend of Zelda: Breath. Of the wild, it made it onto Ooh, our top five. It made it on. <laughs> this it's in our top three. Yeah. Here's what I'll say about this game. I have introduced this game to like five different people. Mm-hmm. They all either want to buy a Switch now or have <laughs> bought a Switch because they started playing it and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I can go anywhere. I can climb on anything. I can do what I want." The puzzle design in the shrines is like so unique that there's not just one way to solve them which was Mm. previously what it was in zelda games there's this way or if you think about this it'll probably work you're only limited by your creativity yeah i i really love how rewarding this game was it was probably the biggest world map i've ever played in a video game ever like it's insane how big this world is but they found ways to make all these different corners and pockets of the world so interesting with hiding over 120 shrines and different secrets and legendary creatures and dragons and different things all around that you had no idea existed in this game until you just stumbled upon it one time when you were adventuring and you know one of my favorite things about this game was the first month we were playing it is just talking to you nathan and some of the other friends who were playing it and just saying like oh like you wouldn't guess what i found today or oh have you found this one thing yet and just everyone's experience was very very different because this world it's just a giant, massive world that had so many cool things defining. You always felt rewarded for going over that next hilltop and seeing what laid beyond. So, yeah, I think Breath of the Wild, according to our list here, it's better than Link to the Past. Best, third best game of all time, even though it just <laughs> came out last year. It's just um, an incredible game that 
you know, every gamer should play. So, yep. Agreed. I think it's a testimony to how good it was is how much time both of you have put into it. And <laughs> the fact that both of you have agreed on a game on the Switch that you both really enjoy is crazy. Well, if you ha- <laughs> if you have a Switch, like this is this, this is, is the, the game that that you have or probably bought a Switch to oh, play is yeah. Breath of the Wild. Exactly, I have a friend yeah. who bought a Switch uh, at launch to play Breath of the Wild, beat it, and then hasn't like touched his Switch since just because he's like, Breath of the Wild was the game for me. Um, so it's just such an amazing game and it also took the Zelda franchise to kind of new section or new area because really Zelda games, you didn't really play for over a hundred hours before, but no, you this game really you could did. easily sink 200 hours into and still have little things that you haven't done and completed yet. So just really gave you a reason to keep on playing this game and just with so much to do and so much to see and explore. So mm-hmm. um, just really an amazing uh, achievement, Breath of the Wild. All right. Moving ahead, game number two, the second best game of all time, according to the Halos and Games podcast, Super Mario 64. This is the game that took Mario into the 3D world, and we've loved it ever since. <laughs> well, I mean, that transition from Super Mario World, which was amazing, you know, it was it's in yeah, our it great. top 15. It it's right up there. Straight to Mario 64, which is, you know, one of the most heralded, amazing games, one of the first 3D games ever. And for it to turn out that well is just insane. This just, and the platforming was really well thought out and really fun controls. I mean, speedrunners and everyone still utilizes this type of platforming and everything. They play Super Mario 64 all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the idea of like the different worlds is just incredible how they're each hidden Jumping behind into the paintings. Uh, paintings and you could go, you know, and there were so many areas you could unlock and you unlock the whole castle and everything. And just, it was incredible. And it took everything that we loved about 2D Mario and made it 3D. And I mean, I know, I don't know about you guys, but the first time I fired this up, I sat there running around the courtyard, the courtyard yep. <laughs> for like 20 minutes because I was just so flabbergasted by the fact that mm-hmm. I was 3D now. And I could yep. like do flips and jumps and do backflips and crouch and all this stuff. I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah, And despite it coming out in you know, 1996 with you know an archaic controller by today's standards, like this game controlled really well. You didn't really fight the controls. It You were able to get Mario to move how you wanted him to move. And that courtyard is one of the best like open-ended gaming tutorials like ever just like throwing you in this massive area where you could just run jump hop explore get a handle on the way mario moved um having the bowser boss fights i remember i was just you know astounded when the first time i saw bowser in 3d with how big and scary he looked and just um really just a testament to time how well this game and how much this game is really still played today yeah confession time okay how long did it take you guys to figure out you were supposed to be able to jump into the paintings because i remember entering the (laughs) castle and just wandering forever and being like okay well this is really cool but like is this all there is to the game because i didn't realize you could jump and i don't even remember if the game tells you and i just skipped over it because i was like just trying to get through the text as fast as possible. I think there's a sign somewhere. Maybe, but like, but I definitely just ran somewhere. around the castle for a very long time. So and funny. then I jump. I finally was like just jumping around. And I think I accidentally jumped Whoa. into one of the paintings. I was like, wait, what? And then I was in this whole new world. It, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And just being able to go back through the worlds in different ways to find the different stars. And, you know, give you a reason to really comb over all the different sections of each world. 
uh, which was awesome. But I think the part that got me stuck as a kid, Nathan, was the never-ending staircase. I would just keep <laughs> oh, running. Yeah. And I'm just like, there's got to be an end to this someplace. <laughs> I said that for like 30 minutes one time. I was like, all right, that's not working. But uh, yeah, For me, just... it was the bunny. Oh, there's trying to catch the bunny. you can get for catching the bunny in the basement. And I remember chasing <laughs> that bunny around that stupid area for like <laughs> for forever because I just couldn't figure out how to jump that- that still right is back. insanely hard. Like they've brought kind of chasing bunnies to get stars back in like Mario Galaxy and Mario Odyssey. And it's significantly easier. Like the Mario 64 bunnies are like on crack or something. They're insane. Well, and I don't feel so bad because I was watching a really, uh, a speed runner, I re- a speed runner I really like. And he was saying like, okay, so hopefully I can do this on the first try. <laughs> I was like, yes, so yes. I'm not the only one. Like thousands of hours into the game. Still yes. Struggles with it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it is finally time to unveil the number one all-time greatest video game, according to number one, The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Woo! (laughs) Surprise! Not surprised at all. I can barely like breathe because it's it's such a good game. Out of every game on our top 100 list, this was probably the easiest one to rank. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. We all had it either like in our top three somewhere or another. And I think the funny thing is all three of us just put so much time into this game and all three of us really love this game and have such a great appreciation for it that it just was, like you said, a no-brainer. Yeah. Well, I didn't actually play this game until I was in high school. And, you know, I kind of, I played it a little bit, seen friends play it. I didn't really get what the hubbub was. But even playing it, you know, a good, you know, 10 years after everyone else, um, it still just blew me away with how you know, complex, the different dungeons were, how much fun they were to solve, uh, how you just slowly, you know, go from this lowly child who wakes up in a tree fort to being this amazing hero of time who has, you know, these iron gauntlets and mirror shield and master sword, all these Mm -hmm. awesome weapons and skills fighting Ganon in that final boss fight is one of the coolest boss fights in like video game history. Um, just such a amazing, incredible experience from like every single second from the beginning to the end. Yeah, and, and for, go ahead. Go Rob. ahead, Nathan. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, this is one of the games that I actually I beat and then went back and played it again and beat it and went back and played it again. Like, I've, I've beaten this game several times. I even, you know, a couple of those playthroughs, I found everything, wow. including all 100 of the tolas. Gold School Tolas, <laughs> which was so hard. I remember I had one left, and I literally <laughs> scoured every single corner of the entire world and remember guys this is before online guides yeah so we're sitting here i remember we finally purchased a paper guide to legend of zelda ocarina of time so that we had all the stuff in it and we i finally <laughs> like went through it and i like made a photocopy it was like crossing off which little tools i had found the first time through That's because awesome. i just could not find that last one this is, i had so much dedication to this game because it was so fun that, that's a great gaming achievement right there not many people can say they've done that I yeah don't think. That, that is very <laughs> impressive and for me i think this game like you talked about with breath of the wild jeff this was the first game one of the first games that i had those playground and conversations around where i would like call my friend and i was like <laughs> i cannot figure out this woods thing like I keep going in and then I go out and like I get lost and every time I think I've figured out the pattern of getting through the lost woods I mess up and he's like oh no you have to like listen to the music and then follow the music and then you'll be able to get through to get get where you're so revolutionary yeah mm-hmm. so um 
talking about uh talking about the this was the first game that i really like saw side quests as kind of like an important thing like doing the having the bigger on quest where you had to go through and do yeah, yeah. all the different trading to get mm-hmm. the bigger on sword where there was like five to eight steps involved and you couldn't just do it um like in a in like an hour or something like that really mm-hmm. impressed me as well yeah and this game introduced like the gorons and a bunch of other like uh enemies that had been in Zelda games for a while but were kind of reimagined like the zoras you know they completely reimagined them um in this world and going inside of you know jabu jabu as a dungeon and just <laughs> the amount of variety in the dungeons and how many different challenges and every single boss fight was so much fun and so different to play and really challenged you and tested okay you know tested your new skills and your new weapon yep. and tool that you just found and, and um, the lock on the lock on z targeting yeah. was revolutionary for the time like no one i had never really played a a game where you were fighting enemies and you could like lock on and circle around them and wait for the perfect opportunity to attack or you had to block them first and then go in and, and hit them well, and there's just so many secrets in this game as well there's so many different little areas where you had to like blow a wall up or blow a hole in the ground or like there's like this hard and stuff yeah. or like there's like a little like even in the lost woods you know there's the sections where you had to listen for the music but there were other little like pathways you could take and there would be like a like a lost child there you know or there would be like the you know certain items you could find there or a piece of heart or gold scatola just like hidden somewhere where you're like oh i never would have stumbled upon this if yeah. i had tried you know it, you know if i had like been just following the main path it was just was so great and it's just, well, it just everything designed it was filled with so many moments like you you remember all these different moments from the game like you remember the first time you went into the forest temple and got creeped up by the music you remember the first time you realized you could shoot an arrow through fire to you know melt something with a fire arrow like yeah. you realize all these different moments in the game the first time you realized you could steal epona like all these different moments in the game were so you know memorable that it just you know we look back on this game so amazing because we still remember all those different things of the game yep it's true so there you have it our top 100 list of all time number one legend of zelda ocarina of time uh be sure to let us know what you think on twitter at halo underscore games we'd love to uh see how your top uh 100 or maybe just top five <laughs> for that uh, twitter character count uh compares with ours but yeah this has been a lot of fun guys I, i'm really glad we had this this was a really ambitious idea <laughs> but i think we did a pretty good job I have a pretty solid list of 100 games that really i think everyone should play so yeah, yeah. i just want to say it's been really cool thank you to everyone who's listened to us for like the last 100 episodes whether you've listened to all 100 or just the last 20 or whatever it is it's been really a really fun way to be able to do the show and talk about video games and give i think myself and the rest of us an outlet to talk about a passion that we don't um that uh we can connect we, with others over the internet yes. and people we don't we don't get know. paid to work in the yeah, video exactly. game industry this is yeah. just something we do for fun and uh, to connect with uh, other gamers and talk about a uh, you know a hobby that we love so uh, i feel like through this podcast i view video games differently i like really analyze things very differently and i it, it's just been such a great avenue to talk about like oh yeah you remember this or have those nostalgia moments and I hope that as you guys listen, you guys enjoy our conversations and the things we talked about and disagree with us. Please disagree <laughs> with us. We love having discussions and debates yes. and talking about stuff. So we really appreciate all of you and listeners. You're awesome. Yep. Yes. 
All right. Well, you guys have a great week. Be sure to look on our Twitter for uh, the Dark Souls 3 and uh, other various Steam uh, giveaway. I'll be posting shortly. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. We leave you with Zelda's Lullaby from our number one game of all time, Ocarina of Time. Have a great week, everyone, and thanks for listening. Happy 100. (laughs) See ya.